welcome back to Pool Pro Podcast, episode number seven. Today we have influencer Rudy Stankiewicz, who will talk about how to be a leader in the industry. We also want to thank our sponsor, the California Pool and Spa Association, who is working hard for the industry through responsible government relations and education. Stay tuned to be inspired with Rudy. Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. I'm Dave Rockwell with my partner, Michelle Cavanaugh. And we're here today with Rudy Stankiewicz. Rudy is well known in the uh, <clears throat> online the social media world. He has a, a group called Talking Pools. Um, he's also a CPO instructor. Uh, I've uh, been a long, for a long time CPO instructor. Yes, he is. And uh, was a recent participant last year in the great cyanuric acid debate that was held at the national show in New Orleans. So we're going to talk to him about a few things water chemistry related, but uh, welcome Rudy. And uh, maybe I'll let you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself as well. Hey Rudy. Hey Michelle, how are you? Hey Dave, good to see you. So, uh, well, I'm on lockdown like most of us are. (laughs) Um, I'm just a pool guy. That's all that it is. Um, I've been in this industry for a very, very long time. And it's, I've just gotten to that point where I want to give back. I mean, even doing the CPO classes and Michelle, we've had that conversation before. It's just um, my way of giving back to make sure people are educated, to make sure that they have the tools that they need when they go out into the field to make their lives easier, their um, jobs or companies more profitable, pools safer. Those are my goals. And that's really what I shoot for. So at this point in time, I'm trying to attempt to do the same thing. I'm trying to get out to everybody that, you know, we're a big group. You know, there's tens of thousands of us, literally. Right. So with that, we have to, you know, use that. We have a big voice. If we can all get together as one, we have a really, really big voice. But separate, it's, you know, we don't know who's listening. So I'm just trying to, you know, get across to everybody at this point. And there's quite a few folks on board with it um, that, you know, we can make change happen if we want to, um, if we have a good direction. Do you still have a pool service company, Rudy, or no? I do not. No. Um, yes, I sold that um, just before I started teaching CPO. Um, oh, okay. You know, I know you know, I don't know if Dave knows, I do have walking issues and it's very hard to do pool service when you can't walk well. Um, I actually tracked it at one point. I don't know if you've ever done this, Dave, but just for um, the service end alone, um, I just, uh, can you guys still see me? Yeah, I touched something. So, but just from the service end alone, I put one of those Fitbit trackers on at one point in time and I did one of the routes for the day and it came in at 13 miles. And at first I thought, there's no way. I mean, I know we walk a lot, but 13 miles. Yeah. So I did it again with a different brand, 13 to 14 miles. And it seemed to be consistent. Um, so we, there's a lot of walking involved. Yes, <laughs> so that is the in either case, that's why I sold that business and started to focus on, on education. Yeah. Well, and I think because of uh, people like you, the, for, the forums that are out there, I don't think there's ever been a better time to get into this business in terms of the the quality of the knowledge that's available for somebody that's just starting out. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's amazing. And everybody for the most part is so willing to help, um, which is fantastic. We're not um, in some cases as tolerable of um, rookie questions yeah. as I'd like to see us, but I think we're heading that way. And then, and some groups are better, better than others, but um, we, there is a lot of folks out there who, you know, I mean, it's not like the old days where you don't want your competition to know anything. Um, now you'll freely talk with somebody down the street or on the other coast. So it's, it's pretty neat. I, I think where people get the, get their chops busted on the, on the media groups is if they use the group instead of calling tech support or they, they, they just, the minute they see something, they throw it out there, and there, there's, um, there are also other ways to get really good information, and that's the the factory tech support and some other things too. Oh, absolutely, and, and we've had that, and, and that's actually 
gotten a lot better over the years as well. So they're um, getting um, better at handling the, handling the volume of calls now, I mean, compared to back in the mid nineties. So yeah, yeah they're all, and the, the first time I heard that, uh, leave your name and we'll call you back. I'm like, yeah, right. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so I finally got the nerve to try it and it actually happened. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I don't have to just sit here. <laughs> that is awesome. Fantastic. What's going on with PHTA, Rudy? I mean, I know you guys have, you know, the transition with the merger and everything. I saw that you guys can actually do online classes now. That's pretty cool, actually. We can do online classes. I have my first one coming up uh, the end of next week. I'm going to do it on Friday. I've had a bunch of folks in limbo because of this whole yeah. virus outbreak because I had a full month of classes planned and I usually get a few people um, and I've had to um, push classes back um, to yeah. unknown dates and times. So they, everybody seems really receptive to this. It's going to be, um, there's two different routes. You can go live and structure for two days in a row. I'm going to start out doing it, uh, the POP slash live version. Yeah. So, that so the way. online, you, they take the online class first and then they do a one day with you? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So I'm and they, can they that. do the test online? Yes. Now that's a new advancement. We can do the testing online. Wow. That's pretty cool. 100% online course. Yes. Which is, it, it's, it's exciting. Um, but now like, for example, the benefit is, and I've always had people fly in from different areas and, and such in parts of the world to come to the classes. Um, but now they don't have to. So I have a student that's going to be in Hawaii. God bless them. They're going to have to wake up super early. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, it says 9 a.m. Eastern. So if you want to join my class, that's where we're at. Um, I have um, Steve, you know, Steve Goodall. Yeah. In Canada. He's going to take my class this Friday. I think it's more for um, out of curiosity. I'm, I'm sure, certain he's, there'll be a blog post that he has about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it's kind of neat. I'm excited. And Rudy's taught in South Korea, Dave. Did you know that? He did a class oh, in South Korea. That's crazy. I have. I've yes. done a few in South Korea. I actually have one um, on hold right now. I was supposed to be there. Um, you know, I, I know, Michelle, you, you tag along and on some of my adventures, at least. Picks yes. So I was in uh, Romania a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to go see, you know, Dracula's castle because, you know, why not? So Why not? Pennsylvania yeah. and all that. But that week initially I was supposed to be in South Korea, but with the virus outbreak, you know, that made that not a very good place to go. And, and right. funny as it is, is I was going to um, back double up and, and hit Beijing first and then go to South Korea. So just all bad things for right now. So I do yeah. have that one in South Korea looming. Um, I've taught in South America. I've taught throughout the Caribbean and then in the States. So that's great. Yeah, it's great. It's nice that you can use this platform to be able to do that too, to go outside of the country mm -hmm. and teach. Yeah. It's great oh, that you yeah, can do Oh yeah, now this not, doesn't involve, you know, 12 hours on a jet with my ankles behind my neck. Um, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, I just can't afford the business class one, Jad. I mean, I could, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. I need the trip right. to be profitable. That's <laughs> so, great. I'm just a step above baggage. <laughs> but well, at least you get to ride in the maid cabin and not in the baggage hey, baggage you know area. I get my bag of pretzels i'm good to go so and they have coffee which you know yeah you know, from seeing uh, uh some of your online posts about your classes uh one thing that that i notice is you like to teach your classes when you do them in in, in person at a place that actually has a pool so you can get some kind of hands-on with with people is that correct well, absolutely. I mean, I think it's ridiculous not to. If the pool is there, why not take advantage of the amenities at the facility? I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, so many folks learn so much better from doing than they do from reading. And I'm one of those folks. So Me too. I think I kind of teach. Um, it lends more toward the, toward the way that I learn. And, you know, we do go outside and I recommend, you know, dressing according to the season. And we've been out measuring pools when it's drizzling and Thank goodness it doesn't snow here, but, you know, but in crawling through pump rooms and all of that, it's, you know, I get dirty and wet and, and it, but we have a good time. And I think they really take a lot more with them away. The takeaway on the classes is larger because they've actually gotten to touch. Um, they've seen things and we talk about pumps when I'm standing at the pump, filters when we're at the filters. It's not abnormal to backwash a filtering class, depending on the type, especially, you know, if it's something that they won't get to see 
mm-hmm. all day. Um, Cause I like to do that as well. Um, right. You know, I, I think that's the venue is so much a part of the class. I think, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the backdrop for the whole two days. It should be interesting. So that's yeah. one nice thing about online teaching is that it makes it more accessible to people, but especially for, for newer people, um, there's nothing that, that replaces uh, the hands-on seeing, seeing what you're learning and being able to feel it and touch it and being in a, in a room full of other people and listening to the questions that they ask and, and being able to interact and make, build relationships and friendships. I'm hoping with the whole Zoom setup that that'll still occur for at least we'll the have that. Okay. And then I'm going to see exactly, you know, what I can do online in a class. They might not get to touch things, but they're going to see some things. And, you know, I always try to make sure everybody, no matter how long they've been in the industry, leaves with at least something new that they didn't know before that can help them going forward. So that's, that's my goals in the programs. That's great. That's great. So I noticed uh, yesterday you posted finally the uh, the video of the uh, cyanuric acid debate that happened back in New Orleans. I did, and uh, I, I think it, it's a late. very it's a very interesting conversation. I think I think uh, anybody that's listening to this conversation would benefit by by watching that. It's a little over an hour, um, but I have to tell you, when I first heard that there was going to be a cyanuric acid debate. I thought, oh boy, this is this is going to be good. There's going to be fur and feathers flying, and, and <laughs> pejoratives and epithets and insults hurled. And I got to tell you, from from an entertainment standpoint, the thing was a huge disappointment. <laughs> they didn't hit anybody. <laughs> I mean, I brought my stick. I always have that. But you know, I mean, you saw the video, right, Dave? Yes, it was a very civilized discussion, actually. <laughs> so I think it was good. I think we learned a lot. I think everybody there and, and you know, I tried to be entertaining. I think I pulled it off a couple of times. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think everybody, I mean, the big takeaway from there was on the process more than what we talked about and just what they yeah. go through. Um, I mean, and I knew a bunch of that going into it and I learned a lot more while I was there also. Yeah. Uh, I still don't agree with any of them. <laughs> so as far <laughs> as the debate goes, you know, hey, but um yeah, you learn a lot. The video explains a lot yeah. about the process and it really opens up your eyes toward how these decisions in the industry are being made. How, you know, the CDC or the CMAHC, which is what that was part of, right? The committee, yeah. the ad hoc committee for the model yeah. of the health code. But it, but it, it, it takes you through how, how those are made. And, and, and really for me, sometimes it's a little bit disappointing. Well, you know what, it, I was able to, uh, revisit the conversation with uh, both Roy Vore and with uh, Richard Falk, who were two of the participants that day. And I, I really <clears throat> got more clarity from them talking to them afterwards. Uh, actually, somebody stood up in the middle of the thing and said, okay, what are, what are we actually debating here? It, it, the, the lines weren't really clearly drawn. Um, but it, correct me if I'm wrong, what I get from Richard is he's very specific of one part per million of chlorine is not one part per million of chlorine. It's based on the amount of cyanuric acid in the water. And, right. and uh, it's much more complicated than that. Roy uh, pretty much says, you got a part per million in the water, you're not going to have outbreaks. Everything's cool. It's great. Um, where, do, where do you fall in on, uh, on there? You have other tools available to us. I mean, I'm a big proponent of making decisions um, at the pool because every pool is different. These are not cookie cutter things. I mean, yeah, they all have water in them, but kind of like the um, personalized um, medicine trend in the US, you know, everybody's an individual. What works on you is not gonna work on, on someone else. Um, and pools are the same thing. And the best person we have to figure that out, you know, is a trained pool professional. Right. And that there are, you know, folks we need to get up to speed, but the majority of us are well-trained and can make these decisions poolside, and we need to. Um, folks down in South Florida or California, better, want a higher uh, cyanuric acid level, just the difference in UV rays and that type of thing. So the way I look at it is, is okay, yeah, we have cyanuric acid and we have chlorine, but um, we have an EPA, I think their maximum level of um, uh, 
dangerous. EPA, no, World Health Organization, I apologize. Their maximum acceptable level for safe water is 130 parts per million, I think, for CYA. So we have that as a guideline that's out there. Um, but, you know, they're worried about people drinking it, and people don't drink copious amounts of cool water, so I don't know how much of a threat we're at. Um, but I like to see how it's working. I mean, we have ORP available to us, and that's going to give us the clearest indication of how the chlorine's working, right? Yeah. And we have these tools available to us, and they are available in handheld devices for systems that don't necessarily have that set up. There is data that goes back to the early 70s that indicates that you can have a CYA level of 1,300 parts per million. If your ORP is greater than 650, it's going to sanitize the water. It's going to sanitize the water, but there's... Well, we don't want 1,300 parts per million, but, you know, for an extreme. <laughs> so there are issues involved. I, I um, personally got away from using cyanuric acid at all. I, I have chemical automation systems on everyone except just a couple of, of pools. I, I'm becoming more and more of the opinion that, that the process of dosing pools by hand uh, every week, the one week's worth of chemicals going in all at once is is not really leading to the best water quality and, and the pool does not adapt to variations in bather loads. And, and I think we've, we're getting affordable tools um, at our disposal that, that eventually we could make that whole, that whole process go away. Well, I know you're heavy into ozone, which is yeah. fantastic. And you know, there is not a better oxidizer we can use. Um, and it is, it has come down quite a bit in price. I remember, you know, back in the day, these things were quite expensive. I'm but not even talking ozone though. I'm here. I'm just talking about just very simple, basic chemical automation systems, ORP and okay, T like just a little bit more than what people are used to paying for a salt system. Um, you can have really nice water quality and it's very easy to maintain. And you, you really don't need a lot of cyanuric acid when you're replacing the chlorine as it's on, on demand. Well, I agree, but really when I went into that debate, it, and I, you both in my group, and I've also asked in the other groups as well, when I went in, I wanted to represent us, the pool folks, um, pool guys, pool gals, pool professionals. Um, that was my goal. So I asked a lot of questions. So I didn't really go in there to argue my opinions or my beliefs. I wanted to speak for everybody because it's so rare that we have a voice. Yep. Yeah, I don't know of any other time that this, you know, the model aquatic health code said, okay, let's go grab somebody from the field and sit them down with scientists and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I think I held my own. Yeah, I yeah. think you did too. Yeah, the, that was. The, so the, 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 that, the that was what I went into it with. And, and overall, and answers were all over the place when I talked to folks, if you guys had watched the different polls that I'd ran in the surveys and the questions. So that's you know, the reality of it. You can't take care of a pool in Florida the same way you take care of a pool in Oregon. It's just yeah. different. Right. right. So I don't want to tell anybody um, what to do. Yeah. Their business. It's yeah. their job to decide their yeah. business. And you're, you're dead on with, with saying that the, the key is to have a well-educated professional in the backyard making those calls. And there are guys who actually do a really good job maintaining a pool once a week. And, and um, the, the, the pool stays pretty nice. We don't have a lot of chloramines and so forth in it. Um, but it, it, the key is the education. Now, I just, I looked at the, the slate of educators for the Western Pool and Spa Show. Between startups, staining, and actual water chemistry classes, there was almost 20 different classes and different takes on, on water chemistry being presented. So for somebody kind of newer, um, it, it's overwhelming. It, yeah, yeah you, it's a little overwhelming. There's a lot of everybody teaches from a little bit different point of view, and and uh, they teach targets and ranges, and and um, everybody's got a little bit different take on it. I agree, but you know, to be honest, I'm, those the new folks that go into those shows they're not the ones that I worry about because they're going for the education and they are going through the shows. And if they're not right there right now, they'll get there. The folks that I worry about are the folks that wake up one morning, they don't know what to do with their life. Hey, I got a pickup truck. If I throw a pole in the back of it, I'm a pool pro and off they go. 
that's the person that I worry about. And I think we need to figure out how to reach that person. Right. Because I don't know that we have anything in place right now that does. We're, we're targeting people who want the education or the professionals or the licensed contractors. And these are folks who are on their game. It's the, it's the other folks that aren't that we need to do something um, with. Yeah. And, and the, that's the, the, and they don't necessarily all of them stick in the industry, but there's enough of them rotating in and out that they're always kind of just dragging the, the, they're, they're a ball and chain on the industry. They, they lower our self-esteem because we know how people think of pool guys because of them. And they lower customers' expectations of, uh, of us. So when, when a true professional comes into the backyard, they don't expect to pay him any differently than, than the, the, the guy that they're thinking. Well, yeah. I, I mean, there's an adage as well, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's when you can't compete on service, compete on price. So you're really talking about folks that don't have the knowledge and they need to gain their share of the market and they don't have the skill set to compete. So they can't on that level. So they undercut the market. What they don't realize is that they're damaging the market when they do that. They diminish the value of the product. People look at pool service folks, as you'd say, as you had said, or they expect that same low pricing. And then yeah. the, the worst part about it is that person that came in and undercut the market, they're not going to be here next year. And we're left with it. There'll be somebody new in their place. Right now, that's going to just continue to continue to continue to happen. But yeah. we're left cleaning up the battlefield. Uh, back in the day when I was in retail pool supplies, I used to say there was this thing called BP. BPOS was the initials for it. It was my own classification for somebody with battered pool owner syndrome. <laughs> Where they just had been run through the gamut so many times, they'd lost total faith in anybody pool, anything. And that was just the end of it. And then, you, yeah. you know, you, you have to work really hard to get those folks back. And they're yeah. eerie for, you know, it's, for some, it's not even worth taking them on at that point. They're just burning. Right. Right. And we had an interview with, um, a, I don't know if you listened to the, one of our podcasts, it was, it was a, the contractor's contractor. He's more on the building side. We interviewed him and he said, don't win your way to the bottom. And that's what these guys, you know, you don't want to win your way to the bottom with pricing, you know, and distinguish yourself from a service perspective, whether you get to know your customer and build a, a personal relationship or whatever it is, you have to stand out from those competition and you don't want to go get those accounts that, that are wanting to charge the lowest price. You have to move on and find the accounts where they value your, your uh, you know, your service and your professional level and what your knowledge, that's the, the account you want to focus on. Well, absolutely. I mean, and that's, and that's to the same point. I always tell everybody in class, especially when they're starting out, because these questions come up and I'll field questions on breaks or what have you. So when, it, when these things come up, you know what, you don't have to be the highest priced person in town when you first start out, but you should have the same price, you know, as everybody else, an average price, you know? If you're seasoned and in moving into an area, yeah, go ahead and charge 10% more, you can back it up. If you have a marketable point of difference, you can back that up. And one of the things that drives me nuts is advertising. Um, websites, Facebook pages, the postcards you get, for the most part, and there are a few that are out there that are really, really great, and I'm not going to go bragging on anybody, but for the most part, there are, um, they all say the same thing. Mm -hmm. We do this, we brush, we vacuum, we skim, we know what we're doing, and we've been doing this for so many years. And we're the best. And we're the best. And who's going to tell you that they're not the best in their advertising? I mean, I've never pulled up a website where it just read, we suck. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave, it applies to some, doesn't it? So yes, right? that's the whole thing. So if you're out there and you want to compete in these markets and you want to gain market share, what you need to do is come up with a marketable point of difference. And it doesn't even have to be something that's expensive. Now, I know nowadays we have a lot of those um, apps and things that'll take photos and send them to the customers. I was yeah. doing it long before those came out and it, it was kind of by accident. I had a landscaper come out and dust the pool for me with leaves after I'd been there on a home that was for sale that they were showing that day. And I got reamed on the phone and from that day forward, I always took a picture. Yeah. And then I was actually able to utilize that because I know we do this, we send the pictures to the homeowners, but this became a marketable point of difference for me and we could actually utilize it to grow the business. So I started to see, you know, a lot of my customers were landlords. 
people that go away for extended periods of time on business, rental homes, vacation homes, people who do not get to see their pools on a weekly basis like everybody else does. So they don't know what a great job we're doing. So not only did I have proof in my pocket if the homeowner had a complaint, I made this a normal part of my business that I started just forwarding those pictures to the landlords to and the retail. And I know everybody's doing it now, so it's, it's lost some of its thunder. But that became a huge selling point for me because nobody else was doing it. Now the landlord had a set of eyes in the backyard that they did not have before. Yeah. And if I seen funky stuff going on, I work for the landlord. Yeah. Yep. I hope to still have that house after these people leave and the new folks move in. So that's the thing. For commercial pools, throw a leaf blower in the back of your truck. How long does it take to blow leaves off a deck, Dave? Yeah, right. You have more control over them, so they're not going in the pool because you don't have that mentality that the pool guy's coming. Maintenance folks at hotels, um, apartment complexes, student housing, that's their first job of the day, blow the leaves off the pool deck. If you take that off their hands, they can go free up and do other things. You'll, if you're head-to-head on numbers, you'll win that bid because you have a leaf blower. And I'm thinking now with, the, uh, with this whole COVID thing, um, maybe washing down the, the decks and the patio furniture on a commercial pool is going to start to, it should be something we should start looking at adding to our service. We uh, should, but we're going to need verbiage. clean is a big part of keeping people from getting sick. I agree, but we're going to need verbiage that's somewhat legal that states that, you know, it's not a guarantee. <laughs> True. That's a good point, Rudy. You got to protect yourself always. You miss a spot and somebody gets sick and Hey, we paid you to disinfect the deck. Well, I wasn't disinfecting it. I was just cleaning it. So we need yeah. to make sure whatever we have states those things. So that way somebody doesn't lose their house because of it. But I agree. Those are things we should look at. We need to start to prepare for these things because Bloomberg's calling for one hell of a market crash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, I, that, that came that we just talked about a little bit was how easy it is to, to get into this industry. I don't think there's any other industry where there's so many different ways you could either make people sick or, or hurt people if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, there's no other trade that has those kind of risks that we have to manage that's so easy to get into. There's no apprenticeship program. There's no, no nothing. You literally get a business license, take it to distribution, cash it in, and start. There thinking. should be something. You know, I don't know if the person that goes out there and brushes the walls and tests the water should be a licensed contractor just to do those things, but there should be something in place. They should have yeah. to have some type of training, I think, in order, and I, I wouldn't even know how to enforce it. Nobody goes to home, so it would be, you have to be in order to get your business license or something along those yeah. lines. And yeah. I, you know what? I'm probably not going to be popular with all the folks who are watching this now, but you know what? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, I mean, really, it's what it, is. it is what it is. It's, it's you yeah. know what? If you don't have this, what I'm talking about, and you do a great job, that's great. But whoever it is out there, you know, five other people that need training or shouldn't be allowed to touch a pool, and that's what we're trying to prevent. I mean, if anything, um, it secures everybody else's position and it increases yeah. our value. Well, that, that's something Michelle's organization, CPSA. Uh, they work with legislators in California on, on all different kinds of things, but they're, I've also seen them actually support the contractor's license law. They're, not every law that gets written is a bad law. I mean, there yeah. are some laws. No, not at all. They, not at all. Everything happens for a reason. Protect us and, and protect people. And um, yeah, I'm not necessarily calling for that, but it, there, there's, there should be something. There should be. When we went you know, into the room with the legislators and tried to get licensing for that, they pretty much laughed us out of the room. You know, they were like, uh, "We don't have time for you. Get out." Unless I can. That, that's how we were received. So you know, we we got nowhere. Although PHTA, you know, they passed the apprentice. They got the apprenticeship program approved in California. We just have to now. That just happened. You know what? Four months ago or something. Right. But I think we have to now have somebody managing that and move it forward. And that's something they're going to use as a model for the rest of the country. So there is something coming. It just takes time to do all of that, which is good news. Well, one of the other things we can take a look at then is possibly Sarasota County, because they're actually yeah. have their own code. When we spoke on that years ago, they're a quite a bit more stern, stringent than the yeah. state as far as pool operators go. Um, basically, everybody has to, anybody who touches commercial water has to have something whether it's yeah. my class or their own class because i know they offer their own 
at a, a fairly reduced price as well. But um, yeah. some things it has. We're working to on it. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. There needs to be something in place. We ha we carry chemicals, and yeah. landscapers can't carry chemicals without permits and such. I mean, we carry chemicals, and I'm not saying I, I don't want to make it harder on the guys that are doing the right thing. But what do we do to get the? I mean, maybe if somebody, I mean, my idea doesn't have to be the end all. I'm open. I mean, so nobody should get off. But if you have a better idea, I know this is going to be posted somewhere where there's comments under it. You know, share. I, I, ideas come from everywhere. I'll read every single one of them. I really will. Um, yeah. You know, up to a thousand. And then I stop because I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> one is my cutoff. So. <laughs> well, in that carrying chemicals you bring up an interesting point uh, i see it more and more on the road and, and i see pictures of it posted in the social media groups with uh, uh some something hang a rack hanging off the back bumper of a car or a van that's got a case of chlorine and a case of acid just sitting there out there i mean if there's a rear end collision that that goes from a little fender bender to a very serious incident um, some folks do that even in their um so how do we do this unbiased? In their uh, self-contained vacuum systems, <laughs> they'll leave a jug of acid in there right on the back of the truck. Yeah, it, yeah. What if that bounces out? I mean, that's, you know, if somebody hits you, I mean, how much worse is the damage gonna be? So it's all, all concerning, but you're right. You know, there's two different things that come up in the groups that you see. There's the things that are just completely unsafe and that person shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And then you have the pro who's doing what they have to do. The person who has one truck and it went down and now they're taking care of their customers. It's not an ideal situation, but they might not be in a car that everybody likes, but they're still doing it safely. Yeah. So there yeah. are two different folks that catch slack. And for the ones that are doing what they got to do, God bless them, they need to. What yeah. are they supposed to do? Just quit because their truck had a problem? I right. started I started doing the doing pulls out of a Honda Accord hatchback. And there you go. That lasted about three weeks. <laughs> I, I got the acid and chlorine fumes mixed just right. And I, I went home with, I was doubled over with stomach cramps. I couldn't even move. Oh gosh. And so I'm like, I went out the next day and bought a truck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it definitely makes life a lot easier. That's true. You don't have to open something to get to, to, to things. So for sure. How likely are you, Rudy, to, if you go to visit somewhere, go on vacation with your wife or wherever, how likely are you to get in the hot tub or the pool at the hotel? I've been thrown out of so many pump rooms. <laughs> so you're going <laughs> into the pump answer. room? I actually, I do. And if there's not somebody there and the door's open, that's their problem. They should have secured mm -hmm. it. But I'll go in and start taking pictures. You know, everybody in the group likes to see pool porn and that type of thing, just a different um, machinery. But yeah, the, the worst episode was in the Dominican Republic. I actually thought I was gonna be arrested that time. Um, I was down there oh, for the wedding and this is um, when um, all of those deaths were occurring over there. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you know, but our friends get married. So what the heck we went anyway. And I was in the pump room and I got caught coming out of the pump room and it, it just was a, you know, odd experience. So. Well, thank God yeah. you didn't get arrested. In the so, Dominican Republic, <laughs> absolutely. That would have been bad news, Rudy. Would you get? Would you hey. get in the pool though? Do you typically get in a pool or a hot tub when you're traveling? No. No. Yeah. Well, that that's a re that's kind of a recurring thing that we've been having. Yeah. In our show, I, everybody asks me in class because you know after the time you go through a CPO class, if you've not been exposed to these things. Yeah, um, this experience before by the end of it, you know, you're thinking pools are usually pretty gross and that's not the point that I'm trying to get out there. The right. point is that they could be if they're not handled correctly. So right. folks always ask me in class, do I even get in pools anymore? My response is always the same and it's hundred percent true. I have no problem getting into a pool that I personally maintain. Mm -hmm. And if you yeah. do, that indicates a bigger problem. Thing. Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, no, I don't do water parks. Um, pools, uh, especially hot tubs. And the worst thing I've ever seen in my life is a hot tub on a cruise ship. Ooh, oh. we talked about that with Roy. But you'd be surprised, Rudy. Roy actually will get into a hot tub or a pool. He had the best answer we've had yet. But he tests oh, it, and he looks at it, and he smells <laughs> it, and, he, and, he, and he'll go in. He has no problem. Well, you know. Isn't that surprising? You know, to each his, yeah, considering he's our <laughs> microbiologist. With what he knows, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't know very many pool people, a couple that'll get into water. Yeah. So. And that, that's pretty much that's the, the, the concern. consistent answer we get. Now, 
I, on a scale of zero to 10, I, I'll tell you, I'm about a five. Okay. I, I love swimming. I, I love being in a pool. I will take my test kit, not just a couple test strips, but my whole kit. And I'll, I'll do like you. I want to peek over the fence. I want to see what the equipment looks like. Right. Uh, and, and more times than not, I'll turn my kids around and say, no, we're going to find something else to do. But, but if everything looks good, I fired up the spa jets and there's not a pile of foam on it. I, I like being in water. I'll, I'll do it. But I think, uh, you know, what the reason that we're kind of having this discussion with uh, as many different people from as many different segments as we can in the industry is to get us as an industry to look, look ourselves in the mirror and go, okay, this is a real problem. We got a whole, a whole industry that that's afraid to use its own product. How can we, oh. fix that? what can we do? There's got to there's there's probably more to it than that, and I mean we can focus on all those things we just spoke about, but somewhere in the back of everybody's mind, I mean it's a lot like the mechanic's car. You deal yeah. with tools all day long. Do you you know? Do you even want to see one anymore by the time you reach the weekend? I mean, and, and like we spoke before, I vacation in odd places. It's, I, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time in places that have swimming pools. Um, you know, I just there's water sometimes. <laughs> but sometimes it's all frozen <laughs> and you know that's that's where what I like to do so there's really not a lot of times that I will go I can tell you this though I think um it might change there might be a change of heart if we could actually get folks to shower and yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know if you folks have been I'm sure I know you've both been out of the states but any country that I've ever been to where there is a swimming pool happens to be a swimming pool with a hotel or whatever you can't get to that pool unless you pass through a shower right yeah. if there's six entrances to the pool there's six overhead showers running and you have mm -hmm. to pass through and I've told people in class because you know when it comes down to it it's it's you know it's a U.S. problem where, where this is going is. on and Agreed. they're like you know, well, why can't they just scooch around the shower? I was like, because they don't. They understand that this is they part get of the it. energy yeah. required to go in. I had actually, we'd done a survey at one point. We stood out in front of the water park for one of the articles that I'd written. By the way, yes, I do write. Wait, I have to do the plug. They said because of the name. I do write an article for Pool Pro magazine. Nice. Not related nice. to this, but it's called The Operator. And I've been doing that since the beginning of this year. And I have one in every issue. But... <laughs> Can you get that online? You can get that online? You can get it online, yes, okay. absolutely. You can. So it's called The Operator. It's not just commercial, so it applies to residential and commercial as well. So it's a new thing that we're doing there. And, and for me, it's kind of nice to have a uh, columnist is uh, something I've not had before. I've been a contributor a lot, but a columnist, uh, you know, this is That's new. exciting, Rudy. Yeah, I think so. I was excited about it. So, um, so we did a survey. We stood out in front of the water park and we asked 100 people as they were coming through, why should you shower before you get in front in the pool? 30% of the people said germs. So they know. 30% is a big enough number yeah. that I know people know. They're just gross. That's what it comes yeah. down to. They just don't the want to do it. Yeah. Make the pool guy's job easier was very common. Um, Women shed more hair than men, so they need to hose it off before they get in so it doesn't damage the pump. That came up a couple of times, believe it or not. Um, showering lowers your body temperature so you don't get that initial chill when you dive in. <laughs> Things Interesting. So some okay. of them are off the wall. Some of them are creative. off the wall. Creative. That's the creative 30, one. The 30% is a big enough number that, you know. It is. And that's the whole problem in the U.S. It's, it's and you know not knocking it. I love it here. I, I would never go anywhere else. But the folks that use our pools, they basically go in with a mentality of, uh, you know, I don't care if my stench gets on you, but I don't want your stench on me because you'll see more people showering when they get out before yeah. they get in. So they're not really grasping what the shower is there for. So right. Yeah. And yeah. don't you think, too, that it's all changing behavior, Rudy? Uh, Chip Lashley, we interviewed recently, and he said, you know, all of his UV stuff and, you know, indoor air quality stuff is all about, you know, people's stuff in the water, and that's creating the problem. And so he said changing behavior is just, you know, that's not something we're going to be able to do. So how do you, how do you change the behavior of all these people? It's impossible almost. I think it's even worse than that. I think it's about money. I oh. think... It's 100% about money because check this scenario, right? Because if everybody enforced this, people would be showering. Yes. They have no choice. But right now what happens is Hotel A, they enforce the shower rule. They piss people off. They lose guests to Hotel B who's happy to take them in. I don't care. Be gross in my pool. It's all good with me, right? 
and they don't realize, and I mean, it's not as bad as Russian roulette, the chance of them being an epicenter for a crypto outbreak or something along those lines, but there is still a greater risk now because of that. We need everybody to do it. So that way they have nowhere else that they can go to where they don't have to shower and sneak in. And that's what has to happen. So it's, it's you know, it's money. I look at where we're at with this conversation with, with pool users um, and kind of compare it to where we were 10, 15 years ago uh, on drowning prevention. It was a very hard subject to raise with people. People didn't want to think about it. They don't want to, you know, they didn't want to touch it. We've come a long way. Unfortunately, kids had to drown. People had to get hurt. And in, uh, in the case of what we're talking about now, people are going to have to get sick, but um, if we can raise enough awareness, I think we can start to, to, to move the needle a little bit on, on the side of educating bathers if we, if we start to make it kind of a, uh, an important message. We don't view it a, as a, an important enough message to, um, to really yeah. get it out there. Well, I nobody has a list of all the bathers out there. That's the problem. You know, you to really to infiltrate that all the consumers, you have to go to p companies that are selling direct to consumers and they have to start the messaging because we don't all have access to that. That's the issue. Well, it starts well, with right. the, the best way to do in it. The backyard, the people that are um, yeah. on the pool deck at a, at a HOA or a hotel pool. Um, we need to, we, we need to start getting information out into people's hands. Well, educating the public is super expensive yeah. and, 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 and anything, whether it's the courses we do or what have you. Um, I think the easiest way to do it is with the swimsuit companies. Mm. You know, they all have a tag, put one yeah. more line, just one more line and say, it's, you know, you need to shower before you swim. If it's in your swimsuit instructions in every single one, it's not going to fix it for everybody, but some people are going to read it and we'll have more people showering before they get in than before. And it's the probably the most cost-effective way to get the message out to add one line to a tag. It might That's not a good idea, Rudy. Anything. Really good idea. Just a thought. <laughs> I have thoughts sometimes. You know, it's a lot like the whole, I mean, education is huge. Dave, I don't use chlorine. I have a salt pool. <laughs> education is huge. Now, whose job is that to educate the folks? Because I know people look at it too I feel bad for the homeowners because they don't understand it. I don't think they're dumb. No. I think this hasn't been explained to them properly. Right. Yeah. I, I, and that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And, and it's, it comes down to that uh, lowest common denominator group of service people. They don't know the answers. I, I'm, there, there's so many, more and more customers are actually educating themselves and able to have intelligent conversations about water chemistry. We should post that in my horror, horror group <laughs> that, some, that some cool folks don't know how salt works. I mean, yeah. really, it is that scary. And yeah. you know, forget about it. There's, I mean, I know we say it, we say it time and time again, but literally, honestly, I mean, there are lives at stake in what we do. I mean, yeah. and that's part of what we're doing now. I know you guys are, are um, you're pushing out in California, FSP here in Florida. I got my hands in it somehow and and but the big thing is is there are lives at stake in what we do and a lot of people don't realize that i've had people come to me the first day of the second day of class and tell me look this is a lot more responsibility than i thought it was going to be and i just don't want to take that on mm -hmm. and then they, wow okay that's happened more than once i mean so it does occur but disease control cloudy water is a huge contributor to drowning yeah with the huge problem in those young age group and um i had written a letter locally i know you guys know that in the county that i live in they said flat out no pool service and you know myself fspa and then a lot of the pool guys in the area filed appeals as well and we got that overturned but one of the big focuses that we pushed was hey you know what Cloudy water contributes to drowning deaths. Drowning deaths are the leading cause of um, accidental death for children right now, right? Ages one to four. That's yep. still a statistic, sadly. I can't wait till I can see that that's not in the books anymore, but it's still right. there. Yep. And all the kids are home now because we closed yep. all the schools. So yep. how are you not going to have people taking care of pools? With that, I mean, forget about the diseases. Just that alone to me. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and we need to get that across to people. They need to understand those things as well. Um, 
and, and that's, you know, Thanks for all just, your hard work and, you know, what you've been doing is not just Florida, but other states, Rudy. I know you've been helping out other people that have posted that their, their you know, pool service was not essential. And I think you've been trying to contact folks in other states as well. I have. Um, thanks I've, for doing I've, that. I've uh, called folks in Texas. I've spoke to folks in um, Michigan. It doesn't mean that I've actually gotten anywhere in some cases. Um, and yeah, just all over the, all over the U.S. at this point in time. And yeah. It's scary. Uh, we actually started also, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, um, and I don't know when you're going to put this out, but maybe you could reiterate with a post. I posted it in your group today also. Um, we got a supply of masks that we're having manufactured, and we're giving them away. Because That's I great. know there are a lot of pool pros out there in the field that are essential that can't find one. Right. And so we're having them made. You know, it's, it's going to be a, it's a process. It's not going to ship the same day because they're, you know, they're all being made and stuff, but they are shipping out and they should have masks because I don't want anybody out there that doesn't have one. And, you know, like I said, I have a certain quantity that we're just giving to folks because I know these things can be outrageous if you find them online, right? Yeah. Then if people want to purchase extra quantities, they can as well. Initially, we just had that in the Talking Pools group, but this morning, I think I posted it in another five pool groups. So okay. Share the wealth a little bit, and, and yours yours is one of them. Okay. Thank you for doing That's, that, Rudy. That's amazing. How you manufacture them? Just with a private company in Florida? Yeah, um, home sewers. Uh, there's a wow. Yeah, That's company. great. There's a, there is there is private companies and a lot of folks, the craft um, folks, folks that do crafts and such, um, do a lot of sewing, and there are patterns available. I actually just released one in a blog that we did because I have my own uh, blog site as well pool operator talk news um but we just released one with a pattern there um my wife has been making masks for local hospitals as well but i got a company that um they actually donate any of the money from the people that purchase extra toward making masks for health care workers that's fantastic so we, we went that route so nice. we'll definitely share that information that's good to know yeah a lot of cool things going on. It's kind a lot of, of, you know, I like when we pull together in these times of crisis and this within what's going on right now. I think we're pulling together as a, as a group. And that makes me happy that, you know, for the, the most part, we're all trying to figure out how we can help each other, which I think is the way you want to be in this type of situation. So, well, I think that lends toward what we said at the beginning when we were talking about how we have a loud voice when there's a lot of us and actually getting that appealed here in this county. I think that was huge and it's a big indication of that. I mean, it wasn't everybody, but there had to be a good, I don't know, 20 appeals aside from what I put in the calls I made and then what FSPA had done with their contact. I mean, so it was folks pulling me. I mean, I know it was for their benefit, you know, they, they wanted to work the next day, obviously. Right, but yeah. I mean, it still shows what we can do when we, you know, join forces <laughs> so exactly it doesn't have to be all for evil sometimes we can join forces for good <laughs> we're not absolutely so. rudy yes you know i'm gonna plug my book right before we go so oh i didn't even know you had a book you didn't know i wrote a book i did not what's it called what's the title it is called Blades oh yes oh i was thinking it was pool related no no you are no, right i, have a pool I do remember seeing that i need to is that on amazon or is it on kindle it's on amazon it's available on amazon and it's available on kindle so you can get it in paperback it's a story about um it's actually somebody who suffers from a mental disorder um clinical vampire vampirism it's where you actually develop this whole lust for blood um, and but this guy actually has a delusional break and believes that he's a vampire and he's wandering around in this town and bodies are starting to pop up dead in different places. So wow. See, Rudy's a big horror movie buff. I told you that. He's creative and a good writer too. And timely enough, the main character is a nurse. So I think that's interesting. You, know, you kind of you saw this coming. kicking ass nowadays. So I told yeah. everybody I'm not gonna panic until the zombie shows up at the house, and that's when I'm gonna start panicking. I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not panicking, but I'm not going to yeah. say that I'm not concerned. Yeah. I mean, I've watched, being a horror movie buff, I have watched dozens of movies on outbreaks. Yes. Zombies, yep. um, biological, uh, all kinds it's of things. It's concerning. None of them capture the surreal feeling that comes with this. Yeah. It's just a different, you know what I mean? They just haven't captured that in any books or films. And, and so for me, it's kind of like, 
you know, waiting to see it out. But at the same time, you know, this could be a lot worse than we think it is. Um, right. I agree. I babies couldn't get it. Now babies are getting it. I know they said animals, animals too. Yeah. And then we have seven tigers at the Bronx Zoo that get it. We're, I saw that. I saw so that. Everything we've learned so far is crap. Yeah. <laughs> As, I mean, it's not, Learning. it's information we're getting from elsewhere. It's not U.S. generated information. So I'm not knocking anything here, but wherever the information is coming from, it's not correct. So. Yeah. I don't know what well, to I say. Well, I wish safety and, you know, health for everybody out there, including you guys, the two of you and your family. And Thank let's you. keep supporting each other. Let's keep helping each other and do whatever we can do. And definitely, definitely stay home. I, you know, don't be out I running around. If you have a stay stay home. That's so annoying, I isn't it? Yes. I went out once to get a prescription. I've been in the house. I've honestly, I've not worked in probably about a month and a half now. Um, I've been in the house since we've gone on quarantine. So it's yeah. just, I mean, I mean, I'm working, but not, you know, my thing. So everybody needs to stay home to help the rest of us who are, yes. you know, everybody just follows the rules. Everybody needs to know that they're not alone. That's the big thing. And I think I'm going to yes. sit down after this and put together something on, what to do on how to prepare yeah. going forward. Cause I know you were um, with uh, NSPF in 2008, you were, you had your own company still at that point in time. Right. And I had a yeah. company as well. And you know what? It's a different game trying to work in that environment when nobody has any money. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm going to sit down and try to put something together and hopefully we don't need to use it. That's my plan. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so much, Rudy, for coming on. We truly appreciate it. Thanks for all your hard work. And, oh, no and worries. Rudy I, it was a pleasure. Pool operator talk. Is it pool operator news? Talk news? What is it? Pool operator talk news. Yeah, talk you news. can find it at pooltalknews.com. Yes. And then he has, um, obviously, he's doing some online courses and he has yes, he has I actually a column in Pool Pro Magazine and he's got a great book. You can, you, you got time on your hands. So everybody can read the book now while you're sitting at there home. You go. I also, um, I bought a cool URL for what I do. It's um, cpoclass.com. So oh, nice. Very nice. I route people right to that online class that I'm doing. I didn't get rid of the other URL. That's still my main gig. Yeah. Just for the online focus that we're doing right now, cpoclass.com will get them there. And if you're on Facebook and want to join our group, we're at Talking Pools. Talking Pools. And when we also have, and it's good to be a part of all those forums because you get different things from each, but they're great. And There's ours is Pool Pro. Ours is called Pool Pro. Yes. Yeah, so we'd love for you to join that. Thank you so much, Rudy. We appreciate you. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Rudy. Have a uh, safe hey, and healthy awesome. day. Yeah, you guys too. Be safe out there. And, you know, like I said, if y'all, um, Dave, I know you're out in the field, so I'm trying to make sure everybody's good and restricts it to essential services. But, you know, grab a mask while we still have some left. Got one. I finally got one, yeah, last week. So Okay, okay good. good to go. All right, I <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, you too. A new voice in the industry, a resource for all, education for you. This is Pool Pro Podcast build relationships, and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast. Backyard adventures are better together. We also want to thank our sponsor, the California Pool and Spa Association, who is working hard for the industry through responsible government relations and education. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.